0: Hey everyone, this is Cody Turner. In this episode of 10 Talks, I speak with one of my good college friends, Austin Menzies, also known as Amen. Our conversation here takes a bunch of different wonky turns and swerves into some crazy places. Some of the things we cover include Elliot Wave Theory, which is a theory that Austin explains to me throughout the course of the podcast. And then we also tackle the question of whether history has a direction to it. We discuss human nature, we talk about the fake news phenomenon, the state of mainstream media and contemporary culture, and that's just a sampling. And I think I'll let the rest of the podcast speak for itself. So, without further preamble, I give you, Austin, Amen, Menzies. Welcome to
1: Tent Talks on the Shelter from the Storm podcast network, a place to talk the rain away with your host, Cody Turner. And storm coming, Mr. Wayne. You heard of like Elliot wave theory? No. Like Elliot wave theory is that there's, um, I only know this from like friends telling, telling me about it, so I could, be compl- I could be like messing it up, but like it's that... Uh, the human consciousness, uh, like, is like, not like telepathically like connected throughout society, but people are all like kind of connected on this, um, wave of human consciousness. And there's these trends that, um, you know, society, Mm. like the world and society follows where like, um, certain social moods go up and down and they follow a pattern, um,
0: yeah, so like uh, one example that reminds me of is calculus. Like, didn't Newton and Leibniz discover calculus around the same time, yeah. completely independently yeah. of one another? Yeah, that
1: speaks to that theory, right? Yeah, I mean, like, and it's also because as one human does thing, one human does something that affects society and puts society along a certain path. It's gonna put everyone on that back on this new like time. This new um chronological like path right it's going to keep um pushing everyone back along this path because it's everyone's going to have this 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 new factor that causes them to look at the world differently and everyone's now on this trend and then they do something someone does something else that puts us along another trend and then it keeps going
0: yeah so that seems that theory seems to be making a stronger claim than the Society has an influence on you and we're all part of the system. Like you're saying like there's some kind of like psychic energy that we're all Well, that would be I guess Connected to like I feel like mm -hmm. if you want to like take it to its most radical Buddhist interpretation you Mm -hmm. say like we're all part of this one (laughs) Universal consciousness and we're just different aspects of it acting it out in different ways or something
1: See that's like what one of my friends explained. He almost explains it in this very weird sense that we're all like somehow like the same yeah, he, 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 like, we're all somehow in the back of our brains, like, connected in some way. Which I don't, like, believe, like, but I would say we all kind of react. I would say we're, in, we're we're not connected to each other in any telepathic sense. Like, that's bullshit. I don't believe that in any way. But I do believe that humans respond to stimuli, like, very similarly. And when someone comes up with an, uh, like global population like altering um, event like like figuring out that we revolve around the sun or something mm. and humans respond to this all in a very similar way they all start questioning their religion or something and even before that like uh, when you know say like say like a big ass fucking comet hit the earth and all everyone on the planet saw it and looked at it now everyone starts questioning what is out there causing this is there like some sort of god and now like religion starts getting very very powerful and ever since that comet hit like the world gets put into this very religious yeah religious uh setting um but then the elliot wave theory is that it's not even just these random events It's that um these trends of like becoming more religious or something they actually follow a cycle regardless of these actual events because, yeah, humans respond to the stimuli the same and have these reactions that create more stimuli, and humans respond to those the same, and eventually makes this cycle. Um, so, is
0: part of the idea that like history has some directionality, or there's some um, yeah there's yeah. some like superintending logic to the flow yeah, of history yeah yeah in a way that transcends yeah.
1: the uh, particular decisions that individuals yeah. make yeah like you could say like you know, nationalism has its rises and falls and like it had its rises in the forties after economic downturns. And then now we had these economic downturns in the, in the late 2000. Yeah. um, aughts or whatever. And, uh, now we have these rises in nationalism again. Right. So
0: like, well, that's it. I think I don't know much about like Marx and Hegel, but that's essentially what Marx thought. Something like that. Like he thought, um, he had this theory where, uh, there is this logic to history and that that uh capitalism was just kind of one iteration in the evolution and that was going to give rise rationally Mm -hmm. to marxism and i think he got that from uh, Mm -hmm. hegel who believed that there's this like world spirit he had like a kind of yeah uh religious interpretation of it where um history is like the unfolding expressions of this world spirit yeah and uh
1: that's what like. See, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take this theory to the point of thinking that there's. I don't even think there's like a cyclical like wave to it all, and that, right. and I definitely don't think that there's some governing energy or governing connection between humans. Even, I would just say that given any random event, humans will all not any random event. Just given some certain events that affect. Um, the glo- the like global population mm-hmm. as a whole or a national population or a society's population, the humans of that population that, you know, uh, are affected by this are going to react similarly. So I'm just I would say that
0: I see you saying
1: yeah. Um, so there's not a necessarily a directionality to things. There's just uh, society evolves in similar ways over time to similar, similar, similar stimuli right um and i'd say that these right these trends when now that we have so much information at our disposal we're constantly on our phones and we're constantly in so much communication that these waves these reactions to these events are going to be very amplified and condensed so when one thing happens society reacts to it much quicker because Twitter and things like that. Like communication is so rapid. Information is so so intense. Yeah. So we're always on our phones. We're always connected to anything that's going around the world. And now random events that would only affect our tiny population too can now affect the whole global population because we're all so connected. So these events, so so what I would say is events now, because of this uh, similar reaction we have with humans, they are going to cause reactions much quicker and much more uh amplified because everyone gets uh uh, stimulated by this event everyone gets stimulated by this event very quickly and because we all are thinking in the back of our minds very similarly yeah we all are having that same reaction very quickly and very intensely Um, and it's going to cause these waves it causes these trends to be very amplified and then they'll keep happening and be very short-lived because the next um stimuli comes and um, you won't have these slow slow buildups and waves you'll have these quick um, quick spurts yeah so like all the waves of rising nationalism then falling away from that and more globalism yeah these things won't be drawn out over a century they'll now be drawn out over like 20 years or something
0: yeah yeah so it sounds like Maybe one way of putting it is Hegel wants to look outward towards like this world cosmos that's governing history or the direction of history. It seems like what you're saying is you're looking inward towards human nature. You're saying like, look, we all respond to the same things so similarly that even if there's not this like superintending logic to history, we can still make rational predictions about how history might unfold based upon our knowledge of human nature and how individual humans respond to events. And all of that now is just amplified in the social media age where... Yeah. where we, we become immediately aware of any world yeah. event that happens right now. Yeah. Like there's a shooting on the other side of the world right now, some mass shooting. We'll
1: hear yeah. about it very yeah. quickly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't, I haven't done any like, you know, academic like research on, I don't know if anyone's written about this or come up with any like concrete theories about this. Yeah. All I know is like my friends back in Amsterdam they're always fucking talking to me about It's really this one guy that's, uh, he's in, he's in finance and he's a market maker. So he's always trying to like, you know, beat trends and predict trends. And so he's really, really fucks with the Elliott wave theory and he's always telling me about it. And I always have these discussions about it with him, um, because he thinks I can keep up with it, I guess. Yeah. uh, I really like, I really like the idea of it. I just don't think there's some sort of like telepathic connection between people or something in the back of our heads. Yeah. And it's not, they don't, he doesn't describe it so like supernatural of a thing. I, it's more of like instinct, so like this natural thing, but like very exaggerated.
0: Um, yeah, I just think that, uh, I think this might be related to the earlier wave theory insofar as I understand it, but like we just, humans have such a tendency to to, to mimic each other. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what allows that kind of mimic, that natural yeah. mimicking is what allows for things like culture to exist. But, um, but it can also lead to extremely horrible consequences. Like there's this one psychological study that was done where they put a guy in a room and first they started, it was just him alone in the room and they started putting smoke under the door. And he starts freaking out. He's just like, yo, there's a fire. Yeah. And they do another round of it where it's him and a couple other actors in the room with him. But he doesn't know they're actors. And the smoke starts coming in the room, but he doesn't do anything. He doesn't move. Yeah. Because because they don't move. Yeah, yeah. They act yeah. like nothing's wrong. So he's just like, oh, they're assuming nothing's yeah. wrong. Yeah. But nothing must yeah. be wrong. And I think it's the same. It's that kind of mindless mimicking that has led to some of the greatest atrocities in human history. Like if you just talk about, you know, if you look towards like... Um, Nazi Germany or something like yeah. that it's you have individuals looking towards other people in society yeah. and they're acting calm about it they're like yeah. no this is normal so then you accept that it must be normal yeah it goes back to the whole, like, slavery thing yeah, we were slave- talking about yeah exactly so it's like it's uh, um, yeah I think once you understand that then that can like yeah. you can <laughs> you can see how human evil on a mass scale can be perpetrated without having a,
1: a pessimistic view of human nature yeah and that's why you can't uh, hold everyone to the standard of being so independently thinking. Like You can't expect someone to just go against evil like and have complete independent thought to recognize evil in a society where everyone else is acting in this evil way. Because mm-hmm. they've normalized evil.
0: Do you think that humans are fundamentally selfish? Yeah. I feel like that's an important... Like, your stance yeah. on that has okay. economic ram- like yeah. consequences, right? Yeah. it'll alter how you view economics depending on whether you think true altruism okay. is possible.
1: But, okay, so but your word selfish is a relative thing. Yeah. Right? It's not an objective, like... So selfish compared to other species, like ants? Yeah, we're, like, really fucking selfish. And bees?
0: Right, right. Yeah. They're just, like, completely collectivist. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um... So, yeah, we're selfish. I would say also on the whole scale of species, like, we are very selfish, and I think that it's also probably the case for anything very high up on the food chain, any, any, any organism high up on the food chain, like fucking sharks and shit, like, yeah, know, like wolves.
0: But do you think well, I guess, like, do you think it's possible to perform an action that's not fundamentally motivated out of self-interest? You know, like there's like okay. people say like, well, when you're in love, yeah. but then the response yeah. is like, yeah, but you're only catering to that person yeah. that you love because ultimately you love yeah. them and it makes you feel no, good. Okay. So it's yeah. always that like feeling of goodness for you. Yeah. You're, or if you give to charity, you're doing it because that's the kind of person you want to be. Yeah. Okay.
1: In economics, you have so this is the thing you have to turn everything into an individually self-rationalizing like choice in microeconomics. So yeah. Okay. So so you microeconomics use- assumes that we are fundamentally self-interested. So. in ma- cuz you have to make mathematical models for things. So yeah, you have to in that's one of the assumptions yeah. is that everyone is self, you know, maximizing. But the way you turn real life scenarios into that is by saying, you could ask a professor, "Well, what about charity? Why do people give to charities?" And then the professor can come back and say, "Well, that person is getting a, some utility out of giving money to charity." And then that comes back into the right. So and then like why, you know, why Why pay for, I don't know, whatever. So, yeah, you can always come back and turn things into some sort of gain you get for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, And to think that that is a definition for selfishness, I think that's kind of unfair because there is then literally no action that could be unselfish, like a completely un... um, uh, non self involved action. There's literally nothing you could do that doesn't affect you in some way, right? Right. There's no action you could really do that just completely just doesn't affect you.
0: Right, so it's like you're defining it in a way that
1: yeah, the opposite position is
0: position's impossible.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, by yeah, pretty much everything is selfish if you're defining it as like, oh, wow, you helping your loved one is just a way of helping yourself. Yeah, yeah. Then, by that definition of selfishness, then self centeredness, then literally every action is selfish because everything you do comes back to you in some sort of way.
0: Right. Yeah, I know. I guess the broader point is that, um, as we've been talking, like your conception of human nature matters. It it matters in terms of how you're going to do economics, but it also matters in terms of like what political system you think is best, right? Like Hobbes thinks
1: in the state of nature,
0: people are nasty, brutish, and short, so therefore he justifies. Um, like a central monarch like with more power to keep everyone and their evil tendencies at bay but if you think that um, there is some more morality built into the equation of human nature um, um, you might be more inclined towards a democracy or or a less uh, stringent government yeah. Like you can just see how what political system you find ideal kind
1: of flows naturally from your conception of human nature. Yeah. So I, yeah. And I mean, I would say the individual, I mean, knows best, right, for himself. Um, and individuals are going to act in a, in a, in a realistic sense, they're going to act in a self-maximizing way or at most of community maximizing way. I don't know. They want what's best for their, their family or then they want bet what's best for their community. So people have the ability to act and not... Like a president, Like right? Like If I thought that humans could only make decisions in a self-maximizing way, then we would never have someone like a president that can decide whether or not to go invade a country or not. Or, or, or allow... Businesses or something like say a president, like, had you know, family ties to like some country, yeah, yeah. I guess then, like, he's not gonna come president of the United States um, and not be a person that's always gonna put his community of America first, yeah. President is someone who has made that decision to always put America first, well, ideally, ideally, but I I think that it's true, like, I think it's a the nihilistic yeah. interpretation was politicians are always – they're
0: always motivated by what's going to be the best for them politically under the guise of what's best for the
1: nation. Yeah. But – no, I agree with you. Yeah, there are genuinely yeah. good people. <laughs> yeah. Like, there are politicians out there that don't think about themselves when they're making decisions. They think strictly about their community because they – maybe like a guy like runs for mayor of Boston or something because he just generally loves – genuinely loves Boston. Right. And we'll do whatever, make decisions, whatever will be best for Boston, even maybe at the expense of himself. Just yeah. like, because, and I know this is the case because I would make a decision that's best for my family that would come at the expense of myself. Right. And if I, I could do that for my family, then there's people that view their neighborhood maybe as their family. Mm. And then there's eventually people that view their city as like their family. mm And they would make decisions for their city that may become at the expense of themselves. Um, And then there's people that view the country as their family. People go fight wars and literally will die for their fucking country. Mm -hmm. Um, Not every soldier that dies in battle is like that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But there's people that definitely go out with the full knowing knowing Mm -hmm. that they might go out there and die for their country. And they're very proud of that. So there are people out there that are completely disregard um, themselves in some decision-making yeah. so in that sense humans don't are not necessarily selfish even in a uh, loose definition of like selfishness
0: yeah I feel like you've kind of traced the uh, chronology of, of, of tribalism like tribalism has has um, it it's broadened. We've included more yeah. people in our tribe as human history has progressed. Like it used to yeah. be, we're just in these little hunter-gatherer tribes, yeah. then finally we form nation-states. And now yeah. it's, I'm not just going to protect my immediate family, but everyone in my country, even someone on the other side yeah. of the coast who I don't know, they're a part of my tribe too. Yeah. And maybe the final iteration of that is some kind of yeah. cosmopolitanism where yeah. the tribe is the whole world, yeah. you know, just like yeah. humankind.
1: Yeah. So we kind of... Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think also this can be, you know, Elliot Wave Theory can kind of describe this too, is that, like, as an economy grows and specializes, like, as an economy, like, progresses, specialization is bound to happen, and humans are bound to react to specialization with these feelings of community, like, we are all specialized now in this community, and we can only rely on each other. We can only survive if we rely on each other because we're all specialized now. So specialization Mm. is a natural Mm. uh, cause of a uh, progressing economy, and this natural reaction of to specialization in our heads is
0: oh, that's interesting.
1: Is this communal communal um, sense sense of community, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, as that progresses, it progresses from this tribal community to something bigger, like a confederate. You know community of different tribes within this big system. This tribe is specialized in this, and this tribe has to rely on this tribe for other things, and this whole community of tribes, we all have to rely on each other, right? right. So it eventually can lead to a nation and a sense of nationalism.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's the point that I was making, and it, it's a, one way of putting it is some people would say we need to outgrow our tribalistic tendencies in order to, you know, these, these things are evolutionary adaptations that helped us survive in the past but we need to outgrow this tribalism but what what i'm saying is no we don't need to necessarily outgrow it we need to upgrade it so we're we're maybe we can outgrow it and we need to upgrade it in the sense that we're we're expanding the tribe where the whole humankind yeah. is a tribe now so it's but, still fundamentally tribal but it's we're all a
1: part of the same see, tribe some of these things like like what i'm saying this Hollywood theory is not a not a conscious decision to become uh, have a sense of community or have a sense of tribe, tribal yeah like it's just a natural reaction yeah yeah. so we couldn't now just be like oh, let's just decide to outgrow tribalism like that's just (laughs) you good we gotta outgrow it yeah Yeah, is that yes (laughs) yeah we can't just decide to do these things these are these are like subconscious actions they're not decisions (laughs) right and we can't even have the decision to I would say we can't even have the decision to upgrade or boost our sense of tribalism to this global community because I think it's really just something that is only a subconscious action, and we all will eventually have some maybe larger sense of community. Yeah, well... Just based, just as a natural reaction to things.
0: Well, yeah, I feel like, well, I want to, the specialization point, I want to hold on to that for a sec, but... um, um yeah, I feel like there is this, like, most people would assume that, like, yeah, the, the world is becoming more more united, and the end goal would be a cosmopolitan world, where maybe even in a, a future utopia, all countries are eliminated, and we're just existing as one humankind together with no possibility of war, because we're all together, but it seems like um, with, the, with the rise of nationalism in the past few years, there's kind of a, a push against that, and maybe there are some people who who... Value their countries and and there maybe I guess maybe there are I don't really know much about this But maybe there are some downsides to that cosmopolitan vision, which I see I see like the positive aspects of that vision but then there are other concerns like um, um, The deaths of culture and the deaths of languages yes, yeah. and 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 things that you that you want to hold on to which are Tied to your particular nationality yeah.
1: you know I think the problem with like media is literally just like uh, we there's so much more to gain now from just just spewing out like things that'll just get immediate clicks because um, I don't know everyone is always connected Uh, you have your everyone's attention and everyone's attention can be monetized so easily and um, just you know optimizing news stories for just quick clicks and bold headlines and turning everything into like a serious problem. Um, Turning every news story into some serious, serious problem. Uh, Just to get people to click on more and more things. I think that's just what drives, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think um, the internet has a going back to the independent journalist thing, the internet has allowed for independent journalists on platforms like YouTube to rise up and kind of challenge the mainstream media. It's like, they're they're usually the gatekeepers, they were the gatekeepers of information, right? It used to be that back in the day, before we had all these different ways to get information from different people, there's a couple of news outlets that you got your information from, and they were the gatekeepers. But now their gatekeeper status is being challenged by all these uh, independent sources, and I feel like in response to that, they've started to double down on the sensationalism that you're talking about, where like, okay, we have this competition now, we really need to double down on the sensationalism to get clicks.
1: Yeah, the barrier to entry in the media market was severely lowered by social media, social platforms for news.
0: Right, right. Yeah, anyone can be a journalist. Really. Yeah. Um,
1: but because of that, that also creates you know checks and checks and balances for. Right. Um, information so it doesn't necessarily mean that now that anyone can be a journalist that all we're going to be getting is some bullshit stuff that um, uh, that yeah I mean like what we're going to be getting now theoretically is if if the barrier to entry into the supply of um, media like news and whatever is so low there's going to be like infinite amount i guess like theoretically infinite amount of uh, suppliers of information mm-hmm. and because of that that's going to literally what the consumer preferences for information is is going to is going to influence exactly what we get out of the supply of information so we only have ourselves the blame for these news stories for for all these fake news things because we have such a excess supply of um of, of, like, news suppliers, if we, all we wanted was the truth, then that's all we would be getting because we wouldn't be falling into the trap of, you know, like, clicking on clearly, like, clearly, like, um, like, uh, conspiracy-type news stories. We, we wouldn't be looking for that. We would just be looking for straight up what is going on in the world today. And that's all we would ever click on. We would never click on gossip news. We would never click on um, conspiracy headlines, things like that. We would never click on, uh, I don't know, entertainment-type news. We would only click on things that were the truth. And then that's the only things that would survive, is media um, outlets that only give you truthful information. Mm. Um, Right, so it's
0: like the... They're just going to do whatever they can to get clicks. So it's yeah. what, what do the people want? And what you're saying is the people do, at some level, they want sensationalism. Yeah, exactly. They want those stupid yeah. little yeah. trivial news stories, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's therefore, that's what yeah. we're getting.
1: Yeah. So what I'm saying is when the barrier of entry to becoming a media supplier goes so down, to, so low to zero, and the cost of being one is, is zero, which is what it's becoming with the internet, then whatever the people want for information is going to be what they get. But... There's a problem in this in that people don't – people know what they want but they don't necessarily know what they're getting. So they might not know that by – that they're clicking on a fake news headline obviously that is fake news. Um, So that's a big problem obviously and – but people should know what an important headline is. You shouldn't think – like with the whole – like I was going to use one example but that's kind of controversial but – uh. Do it. Okay. okay, with the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing. I, Here we go. <laughs> how how did anyone think that that was anything but political? Like, how I did know. anyone think that he was not going to get confirmed? And it turned it into a media. Literally, the media knew that this wasn't Brett Kavanaugh. The media knew Brett Kavanaugh was going to be confirmed. Anyone with two fucking cells in their brain knew that Brett Kavanaugh was going to be confirmed. So you're saying you don't believe victims? Just to be clear. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm saying one. Look at when that hearing happened. It happened in like September, October, or something. Yeah. Before the midterm elections, right before the midterm elections, and the Democrats were so uh, so adamant that this these hearings happened before the midterm elections. Why? clearly because they wanted the midterm elections to happen so the senate could become democrat and then they could deny Brett Kavanaugh to be a supreme court justice mm-hmm. not because of the vi- the allegations or the victims or anything mm. this was nothing to do with the victims this was clearly a political move so everyone knew everyone everyone knew that this was just political nothing was going to happen about this brett kavanaugh was going to be confirmed but everyone keeps clicking on these fucking articles and everyone keeps opening these tabs and reading these things and eating it up and talking about it all the time, tweeting about yeah, it, yeah. everything. The media is making so much money. They're loving it. And then, they're, then they start making more and more headlines about it and deep dive further and further with investigations on this guy just to make more and more storylines. And people eat it up and eat it up. Meanwhile, yeah. none of it mattered. None of it ever mattered because Brett Kavanaugh was going to be confirmed. And your dumbass thought that this was anything but just a big media frenzy for clicks the whole Senate knew he was going to be confirmed the whole uh, hearing was a sham like nothing everyone knew that this was just a show it was literally like the government was putting on this big reality TV show for the media outlets to make a fuckload of money oh the whole political scene has become a reality TV show yeah and and the only reason the Democrats were doing it was because they knew and the Republicans yeah if those allegations were true the Republicans would be against it for real too but it was clearly they just put this on because they wanted they wanted to get the midterm elect. They want to do it before the midterm election so they could possibly. Uh, um, yeah. Make an influence in way.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, going back to um, do people do people want the truth or do they want sensationalism? So is it that people really just don't care about the truth and they just want kind of sensationalism? Or is it that they do care, or is it more that they do care about the truth, but a lot of times they don't know what they're getting? I think it tends to be the latter more. And I I think that, again, just people, it's so easy to get caught in these... um, ideological bubbles online, yeah. and uh, the algorithm filtering has a lot to do with it, I yeah. think, where yeah. all of these sites have algorithms that discern your patterns of behavior online and then feed you back content that they know you'll like. So mm. if you have a liberal bias, you'll start just getting news stories that are completely biased in that direction. Mm. You won't see the other side of the ideological coin, and suddenly you're in a world where you're just getting news, democratic news, and you think that that, that news represents what's really going on. When in, re- in reality, it's just feeding you back your own ideology. But exactly. you think that, no, that's actually what's going on in the world. Yeah. So now you've become convinced that, that yeah. this isn't... And I agree with you on your... I agree yeah. with you mostly on your interpretation of the Kavanaugh thing. Yeah. Um, um, and that's not to say that I don't believe victims or I don't think that yeah. like, her, her yeah. uh, allegations were genuine or anything like that. Yeah, And I don't, of course, that's the immediate response, right? Like, yeah, you don't believe that you're a victim yeah, blamer. Yeah, you're blaming the victim. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah. just
1: like, I think they were, yeah, I agree with you. I think there was- Also, I don't remember if it people. was Democrats that wanted this uh, hearing to go before the midterm elections or after, I kind of, I kind of forget how it all played out, but there was a whole timing issue that was just clearly political. It was all about the midterm elections. So I don't remember if they were trying to rush the hearing before the midterm elections or delay the hearing till after. Yeah, but the clearly like the timing of it was like, yeah, obviously political because of the midterm elections and the fact that he was a Republican. It uh, was a conservative leading leaning Supreme Court justice nominee.
0: But the way I mean, this isn't a novel point to make, but it's, it seems like it used to be that we we're all as a culture, as a nation watching the same uh, movie. Yeah. But we were interpreting the movie differently. Nowadays, it seems like we're just watching two completely different movies.
1: Yeah, because everyone, everyone, like like I said, with this low barrier to entry for you know supplying media, everyone gets what they want now. Everyone, everyone will get what right. they want supplied to them in terms of media. So then eventually, people just keep furthering and furthering and furthering themselves away from each other. Because uh, imagine we start in the middle, and there's people that like conservative stuff, people like liberal stuff, conservative people. Eventually, start getting more and more conservative stuff fed to them, and fed, fed, fed to them, and fed to them. The liberals yeah, yeah, more. yeah. And there've I mean, been keeps it keeps like positive feedback, just keeps driving them and driving. It's them that hard. positive
0: feedback loop. Yeah. There have been psychological yeah. studies done where yeah. you you put someone in a group of like-minded thinkers, yeah, and their beliefs they'll become more confident in their beliefs because yeah. everyone that they talk to confirms their beliefs.
1: You see that with I would say the racism the most like is the most obvious example with that. Like you see like a group of people like. Like fraternities, I've heard like like Kappa Alpha or something with like their racist like like um not not at any particular school like I've just heard random stories about it, but like some fraternities will have these very racist like uh, like rituals mm. and like I cannot believe the people that join those fraternities know about those rituals beforehand mm. because there's no way fraternities would leak that stuff to the general public and allow rushes to then you know, choose their fraternity because of the racist stuff. I feel like those people joining those fraternities have this racist, these racist rituals and sentiments sprung upon them hmm. when they're in the fraternity, but they get so indoctrinated to it by the people around them that they start thinking in like these racist ways. Right. Um, So yeah, like, like the people that you're surrounded by are the ones that, that like, like it's like everyone gets it's like the Stockholm syndrome or whatever almost too yeah yeah and it's like uh, that the saying that you're this you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with mm. yeah like that's that's like one of the rules like I always I don't I don't I don't pick and choose people because I think oh you're better than that person and I want to surround myself with these five people I don't do that but I try to keep that <laughs> in the back of my head like I always want to put myself in a scenario where people are critically thinking, and people are like, you know, um, trying to do their best, and that's what I kind of don't fuck with about summer, because I come back here and all I'm fucking doing is like drinking and fucking. Everyone's trying to like get with girls and shit, and yeah, uh, we're just do- literally sleeping until like fucking eleven o'clock, and like like look at where we're sitting right now. We like, we got like beers and shit everywhere. <laughs> like it's a gross ass like attic because I've had a million parties up here. Surrounded by speakers, but having that knowledge comes out of what we've been talking about—that we're not these autonomous
0: individuals that exist in complete isolation from the social networks that we're embedded in. You know that we that we are as as uh, as individuals. Our individuality is dependent upon our social circumstances, and it's just like yeah, yeah when you're around. Um, like I'll always have this. When I'm around different people, they'll bring out different sides of me. Yeah. Like I'll be naturally more funny yeah. because of the particular chemistry yeah. that I share with a person.
1: Like I said, like um, when I'm with you I'm more like uh my my and my dad like this too. I, I me and my dad talk on this level all the time too, but like yeah, I become more of like a like a like a ID idea like philosophical kind of thinker. Um, and make arguments and I love I love making fucking arguments. I, I argue in every fucking scenario actually.
0: But that's why but, it's yeah. um, it's almost like surrounding yourself with around different types of people makes you realize just how immense you are. Because yeah. like it brings out all these different sides of you that aren't brought yeah. out in those contexts.
1: And well, there are pieces of you. It also tells you how like you know people always think someone has this personality type Right. But no, it's just you're... Maybe it's just that you bring out that personality type in that person. Exactly. So, like... Y- People are infinitely more complex than you think they are. Yeah.
0: But, um... That makes so much sense, though. Like, you're... Like, just what we're... Like, it's so clear to me right now. It's like the internet, because of the... Um, it's so easy to get into the game now. Yeah. Um, That leads to this atomization where you get what you want and you're only getting your own views. Yeah. And then yeah. the psychological positive feedback loop k- kicks yeah. in and now we have this kind of extreme polarization I, uh, yeah. there's it's definitely overdetermined. there are definitely other factors as well but I feel like there are just so many paradoxes of technology where initially the dream of the internet was to bring us closer together and it <laughs> has
1: but now in a weird way it's yeah. doing exactly the opposite yeah.
0: which again isn't a novel point to make but
1: yeah cause like I guess in the, the- what I was talking about with Elliot Wave theory I guess in the theoretical sense is that like we get, all these, we get all these, like, uh, stimuluses, like these events, and everyone can see these events happen, like, very quickly and can react to them very similarly, very quickly. Yeah. But actually now that I think about it with what we were just saying is that the Internet feeds off of giving you exactly what you want. So that event will happen. That event will happen, and everyone will see it. But the analysis and all the news articles and stuff that will well, we'll follow from that. You'll get all the reactions and analysis of that event the way you want it. And it'll keep moving people more and more apart in in the way they react to those events. So maybe actually the internet and this uh, huge amount of information we have causes these waves to get diminished. Mm. Because like humans don't have these collective um, or maybe it creates two separate waves even. Because you have the people that are seeing it on... It, imagining there's only two sides. of Let's say there's only conservatives and liberals or something. And everyone's everyone's thoughts either completely align with the left or they completely align with the right. All right. So when an event happens, with all this information and all this quick communication, all the analysis that will come from that event will be given – all the cons- left-wing analysis will be given to the left-wing people and it'll cause a split to the left – for one wave and then all the right wing analysis and all that stuff will give them to the right wing people and they'll react in that way and all these events will keep doing that and cause these reactions Mm -hmm. and maybe you split like this uh, like this low barrier like we were talking about in the um, market for information maybe that causes like this split in waves Mm -hmm. because there's um, this like limitless supply of information Mm -hmm. maybe that's maybe that's the true effect of that
0: yeah well my sense is that the the fact that there is the the bandwidth is so is so high like that we can get this instant reaction to things i feel like that it's leading to this situation where we're all trapped in the political present present to the detriment of 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 long-term democracy a lot of times because like the founders um their whole like they, they were planning for the long term right they, like, they realized like they set the this, this, uh, this system of checks and balances in place because they knew that human beings have a tendency to make rash decisions and to act on emotion and yeah. and that was kind of this, that system exists to mitigate against that so it's hard to if you want to make rapid changes it's hard to do that you got to yeah. go through the checks and balances but I feel like in the in the in the age of Twitter um. um it leads us to always like just be fascinated and consumed by what just happened, and we're reacting to what just happened, and it it it, it, it motivates us to make more rash decisions yeah. on the basis of emotion. Like if there's a mass shooting and everyone yeah. gets um, you have to react
1: so quickly because right? you have to
0: react so quickly yeah. because almost so the only Twitter thing- demands it because everyone else is reacting quickly, yeah. and that leads you to make irrational yeah. decisions, which again can have bad long term yeah. effects for democracy. And the only types
1: of decision making that your mind can do so quickly is either. Emotional, like, you know, impulsivity, like decisions or like trained decisions. Yeah. Like, the only time, like, if someone, like, you know, comes up to attack me and I know immediately to draw my gun and shoot them, like, or something like that. Like, that's just a trained decision. Or, yeah, emotional decisions. So, yeah, Yeah, it forces you to react not in a rational, like, uh, critically thought out way, but more in an impulsive or trained way.
0: And that's, like, I'm always, when it comes to these issues, I'm always on the side of, like, when after a mass shooting happens, one segment of the population seems to have the opinion that enough is enough, we need to act now, we need to act while we're still caring about this and while we're emotionally invested in it, because once we're not emotionally invested, we won't have the motivation to actually make changes. I'm usually on the other side where I'm like, no, we shouldn't act right as we're consumed by all these emotions. We should make long-term policy decisions once we've calmed down you know and it, it, it does it's not a yeah. partisan thing you know it doesn't it could be the I right just, emotionally yeah. reacting to some issue and trying to push forward a policy agenda or the left It doesn't i just matter. think
1: the way our uh, like um collective consciousness now is created is like we can't calm down yeah like we're always connected because we're always we tuned in to yeah, the zeitgeist exactly yeah yeah
0: Yeah, it's impossible to just, like, unplug from it all.
1: Yeah. And that's why I like going over to Europe. Because I, I mean, I even here I'm unplugged. I don't go on Facebook. I don't look at news shit on Facebook. Um, I never turn on the news here. Like, because really, none of this shit really matters, bro. Like, people think politics are so, so goddamn important. But no, it's just the media wants you to click on their fucking articles all the time, dude. It literally makes them money. Um, So they're going to make everything seem so important. So when I'm over in Europe, I'm a little bit further away from it all. So, like, it's easier to disconnect. And I can't watch, like, the news, the nightly news, because the nightly news is on at 1 in the morning where I live. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, yeah. And then people will come up to me and ask me about stuff that's going on in the U.S. And I'll, one, be like, I didn't even know that was going on. And I'll be like, that still sounds really fucking irrelevant, especially to you because you live over here. Why do you care? Or two, I'm just like, yeah, I heard about that, but I don't give a fuck because it's not going to affect my life. It's not affecting me yeah, individually. Yeah, and it's not affecting my family, actually, really, probably, and um,
0: and, and I, especially
1: yeah. not going to affect you as a Dutch person living in the Netherlands. Like, why do you give a fuck?
0: Well, I feel like some people give a fuck nowadays. Some people like, have that realization. Like, well, I think it,
1: like... Some people just go out of their way to give a fuck, dude. Well, I think... Well, I think it does... People go out of the way to get offended by things. Oh, yeah, Yeah.
0: of course. But I think it does matter, but, like, I get what you're saying. Like, a lot of the shit, like, it's not going to affect your individual life. But I think a lot of people tune into politics now not because they want to... Become knowledgeable about all the policies because it's very serious. No, because it's entertaining. Yeah. Because because it is a reality TV show and it's become more like that. Because politics has become more cultural and culture has become more political. Yeah. Like
1: they both they both fuse together. We're now like everyone's rooting for their favorite politician. It's oh like- dude, I had I, I completely agree with you about that. I've, I've I've actually said like that exact same almost like that exact same sentence to people over in Europe. I'm like politics in the U.S. is becoming like another sport. Like, people... Yeah. They always talk about how Americans are so into their sports and everything. And I'm like, yeah, and politics has just become another one of those sports where people... I, I, I can envision a future, a near future, where people start buying, like, Republican jerseys and Democrat jerseys. Oh. And it has their favorite senator on the back of their jersey. I can totally see that, yeah. Like, and people just don't give a fuck what they're saying. Right. And they just root for whatever the fuck. Like, like, a, like, I really like Rand Paul on Facebook right now because... And like I said, I don't like read shit on I don't read new stuff on Facebook. But Rand Paul comes up on my feet with like sometimes, but he I, like this whole uh, new spending bill, this new budget between the that the Senate just passed and Trump just uh, signed. Uh, Rand Paul, even though Trump signed it and the conservatives it was a bipartisan thing, Rand Paul says he's still just like fuck that, like that that is, that goes against what I'm into, like that goes against. Um, what I believe is best for Americans. And so I really applaud Rand Paul for that because other Republicans, they just fucking side with whatever the Republicans do and they side with whatever the president does and they just... But Rand Paul's just like, no, I'm going to side with my principles, and that's it. So that's the kind of politician I'm looking for and that's the kind of politics I want. But people just don't care. Trump could say the most liberal thing you could ever think of and a Republican is just going to somehow either one, they'll like skew it in their head to... To, like spin it into a conservative thing or two they'll just not even listen to it and like be like hell yeah like 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 the whole tr- like the whole raising of tariffs and the trade war with China like it's so fucking dumb like and like republicans will be like yeah like raise this fucking tariffs like let's like let's have this trade war with China like let's let's really promote like american industries whereas a real conservative is going to want to have free trade and an efficient uh, international economy yeah, well, I think that's I, why it's so But Like on the one hand, like you're saying, it's bad
0: that politics is becoming cultural because people don't care about uh, principled stances that Ron Paul is making or actual policy sure. issues. They just care about if you're a good debater
1: yeah, or if you can yeah. get
0: that shot in. It's, they're just carried about yeah. the
1: superficial aspects of politics. What I've noticed in the Democratic debate, Democrat debates these past few days is that no one cares what anyone's like plans or anything are. Yeah, no. They fucking love rhetoric. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm Delaney, saying. Delaney, yeah. John Delaney was saying stuff like, like really criticizing um, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders' plans for like free Medicare college and all. Yeah. And, yeah, all that stuff. And John and Delaney was like, what he. He was seriously questioning what uh, the Democratic values like. Do we really want to be the party that takes from everyone that's known for taking from people? Yeah. Which, for one, I'd say like applaud Delaney for that. You're recognizing that the Democratic Party is not in tune with the American people. That's why they've been. That's why they lost the election. I agree with you. And he's trying to say, well, how can we can reconnect to the people? Do we want to be seen as the party that takes away from people? And then Elizabeth Warren responds like. You know, I don't really understand how someone could run for president like this guy and only talk about what we can't do. And everyone goes, Woo! and everyone just responds like, "Yo, oh my God!" And <laughs> I saw these comments the next day on on because I was Google searching Delaney, and all the comments about Delaney were like, "Who is this guy?" Or like, uh, "Delaney on his Wikipedia." Someone like edited his Wikipedia to say like he died. Uh, on, like, August 2nd or whatever, 2019, after <laughs> Elizabeth Warren, like, responded with this fucking quote. Yeah. They're like, well, Elizabeth Warren killed him with this quote.
0: No, it's the I'm same like, for me. Yeah. When I was watching, it, I'm like, oh, this dude is making, he seems to yeah. have more of a, his finger on the pulse of the American yeah. public, because yeah. most people, to my understanding,
1: yeah. don't want to yeah.
0: lose their private health insurance. Yeah, yeah. Um, So he's just like, yeah, maybe we could have a public option or something like that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I thought he was reasonable. I'm like, oh, wait, there are some moderates left in the Democratic Party.
1: But then, yeah. Then no one gives a fuck. They're just like, oh, who is this guy? I don't even care. And they don't listen to him. And then they just wait for someone to (laughs) respond with rhetoric. Everyone just cares about rhetoric. They just care about making these quick little uh, bits of, like, uh, like little one-liners. And, I mean, that's why, honestly, Trump so good in, in this campaign and he was always calling people like names well yeah
0: that's why that's partly what gave yeah. rise to the Trump phenomenon yeah. that's why someone like Marion Williamson I feel like yeah. if you know her she's been doing really good so that's what I'm saying I feel like with uh, the politics becoming more cultural it leads to the prioritization of rhetoric over policy but with the cultural becoming more political it leads to division yeah. in the country you know you have people like um, like kneeling for the national anthem like it's all sports now and all yeah. culture movies that they're always trying to push uh whatever the political zeitgeist is Mm -hmm. you know so um i I, I just feel like the the culture used to be a spot where people with political differences could go to kind of unify and and uh connect but Mm -hmm. now because it's infused with that politics you can't even go there anymore which Mm -hmm. leads to division